0: The the New Testament starts off with four accounts of the life of Jesus. And then we have the fifth book of the New Testament. Anybody know what the fifth book is called? Acts. Acts. This is the start of what? The church. The church. Acts is how the church is supposed to be established and how it is started. And in 19 chapters into the book of Acts, we have this verse that we're going to look at in your outline. Acts 19. And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland county and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. The church has been going on for years and these disciples of Jesus came back and said, we still have never heard of the Holy Spirit. If they haven't heard of the Holy Spirit, what makes you think people today have heard of the Holy Spirit? These were the closest people you can get to the start of the church, and they still hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit. Remember whenever you used to go to school and you knew the teacher was looking to call on somebody, and you know you didn't know the answer? What would you do? You look away. You never made eye contact with the teacher because that just meant that they were going to call on you. And so you would look away. And I think because when you don't know the answer, you have a tendency to want to look away because you don't know how to deal with it. And I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that is what the church is doing today. They don't know how to address the Holy Spirit properly, so they just look away and act like the third person of the Trinity does not exist. They say, oh, the only way we can... It is that was then that worked back then, but that's not today, and so because they don't understand the Holy Spirit, they look the other way and they don't give an answer to who the Holy Spirit is. When it comes to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we cannot look the other way about a third. Of who the Trinity makes up. We're gonna first of all get to some basic info, um, and then we're gonna kind of dive in deep. <laughs> you're gonna follow me. It's gonna you're going to follow. So the first question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Let's fill out some blanks. The Holy Spirit is. Write this word down. Personal. Verse 8 of 1 John, it's in the bold. The Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. The Spirit and the water and the blood. Signifying God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, these three agree. There is a relationship that's established between the three of them. In order to have a relationship, there has to be personality. They have to be personal. Number two, the Holy Spirit is distinct. Matthew 3, in bold, the heavens were open to Him and He saw the Spirit of God. There was a distinct something that He saw. Number three, the Holy Spirit is divine. 2 Corinthians, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is how can there be freedom from something unless something divine can take that something from you i've heard and you've probably heard before that if the holy spirit is a is a person why why is he referred to the holy spirit We don't say the Kevin or the Mike. We we simply say Kevin or Mike. So if it's a person, if it's a name of a person, why is it referred to as the? Well, let's look in your notes. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each one of these names in in English grammar has an article before it. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The, or the, however you want to say it, is referring to the article. When you say the Michael Jordan, who are you talking about? The one and only Michael Jordan. You say the Tiger Woods. who, Who are you talking about? The golfer. The the when when you put the article in the name, it is showing there is significant importance and accomplishments to this person. There is only one, there is no one else like this one. What Mike just said. We call people by the article all the time. The police officer. Position of authority, the lawyer, the judge, the insurance adjuster, whoever you want to call. When you put the word article, the, in front of it, it shows signs of authority and rights and accomplishments that that whatever you're describing has. Why is that important? We give honor to particular people. If the former president of the United States walked in here, is he the president? Is Trump the president? No. Why do we still refer to him as the president? Because he held a position that that labeled him his authority. And as long as he lives and beyond he lives, he will still be referred to as the President Trump. Because of His accomplishments, because of His authority, because of what He has done, He now has the article in front of His name describing what position He has. Am I losing you? When we look at the Holy Spirit, we are expressing the authority of which the Holy Spirit can operate out of. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. He is personal. He's relationship, He is distinct, He has attributes that we're going to talk about, and He is divine. He is like God. That becomes the basis of what we build our argument on today. The Holy Spirit is personal, He's distinct, and He's divine. Um, All right, are you sufficiently confused or are you still following me? Following. Okay, good, because we haven't got to the confusing part yet. We're just... We're just kind of laying some groundwork. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're about to go a little bit deeper. Uh, it's easy for us to argue who Jesus is as a person. Because we know we know Him as a person. He walked the earth. He performed miracles. He died on the cross. We know that. It's easy for us to argue that God is a person. Because we all understand in Genesis, God said, I make man in My image. So therefore, for Him to be a person, He made a person in His image. So it's easy to argue that God is man, but is the Holy Spirit a person? How do we argue that the Holy Spirit is a person? If, if you look at Jehovah's Witness... Or Mormons, they believe the Holy Spirit's a force. They believe he's an energy. Does the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit a force? You bet. There, there's an anointing, right? Like th- that's a force. Like you, you can pray, the Holy Spirit shows up, and the atmosphere of the room can change. We talked about. We'll go. Mom walked in the room, the atmosphere changed. What was it? The Holy Spirit came in with her. Is it a force in the capacity of what they believe? No. Is there a force behind the Holy Spirit? Okay, yeah. Because it actually says... Um, oh, I forgot about that. that. That the Holy Spirit hovered in Genesis 3 in creation. He hovered uh, like air above, watching and being a part of creation. So it's kind of like that, that's, that's, that's a force. Does that make sense? But not really. So... Uh, What we want to get at is, is the Holy Spirit a person? A person is one who, let's write this down, and I'm writing these down with you, just because that stuff's good. Um, It thinks for himself, thinks, T-H-I-N-K-S, a person feels for himself, and a person is one who decides for himself. If you think, feel, and decide, you're a person. If you can't do those, you're not a person. You might be a dog, you might be a tree, you might be a... If you can't think, feel, and decide, you're, you're, not, you're not a person. Look at your top of your notes on the next page. We're about to start getting a little confusing. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. John 14, 16. Uh, Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will come, and then Jesus leaves. I go, He leaves. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another what? Helper. The word another is in bold there. Another, in Greek, there's two words for another. I didn't put this in your notes, but it'll make sense. Uh, This is super important to understand when understanding this, the first is a loss. A loss represents another of the same kind. An example would be we have a mini golden doodle dog named Maggie. I could buy another dog, and as long as it was a mini golden doodle, I would say it's another of the same kind. That makes sense? The second word for another is a word in Greek called heros, and this is another of a different kind. H-E-R-E-R-O-S. An example would be, we have a mini golden doodle dog named Maggie. I could buy another dog as a Labrador retriever. It would be another of the same kind. Do you see the difference? Another of, uh, of the same kind would be Maggie for Maggie. Golden doodle to golden doodle. Another of a different kind is a golden doodle to a Labrador. Still a dog. Okay? We following? Okay. Here's why that matters. In your notes, Galatians 1, six. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. When you read it, it really doesn't make sense. Like You read it like, what, 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 is, what, is, what does that really mean? It's kind of a, a tongue twister. But the word another here is the Greek word heros. This is saying when there isn't two kinds of actual gospel here, he is saying, I am glad that you're not turning to another kind of gospel, which would be a, fa- a false gospel, meaning there is only one gospel. There is not another version of our gospel. There is only one maggie dog. For you to bring me a Labrador is not the same kind. There is only one gospel. Now let's look back at John 14, 16. It says, he will give you another helper. The word another is the Greek word "alos," the first one we looked at. Let me say it to you this way for better clarity. I am leaving And when I do, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another person of the same kind as a helper. Jesus was a man. He says, I'm going to give you another, a loss of the same kind. Is the Holy Spirit a person? According to this text, Jesus said, I'm going to give you another of the same kind. What was Jesus' A person. I'm not taking a Maggie dog and giving you a Labrador dog. I'm taking Maggie dog and I'm giving you another Maggie dog. I'm taking one person away, but another person is going to come back in. This is gives us context as Holy Spirit and Jesus have relationship as they are the same kind. This is the first verse I want to show you, proving that the Holy Spirit is an actual person. In order to have a relationship, there has to be a someone, not a something. You've never had a relationship with a pet rock. Or a tree, or something. You only have a relationship with something if it thinks, feels, and decides. (laughs) You can't have a relationship with a dog. A dog cannot think, feel, and decide the way a person can. You cannot have a relationship with anything outside of another person because they don't think, feel, and decide the same way as people do. So we look at that scripture and it says, "I am," as I leave, I'm going to give you another of the same kind. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The second uh, way we want to look at this is um, John 15. 26 and 27 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. Look at the bold. He will bear witness. Can something that doesn't have the ability to speak bear witness? You have to be able to have a voice and able to speak to be able to bear witness. Can your car bear witness that you sped on the way to church this morning? No, it's a thing. There's no person attached to it. It cannot bear witness about what you did or did not do. Only a person can testify to another person about what it is. John 15, 27. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Jesus is saying that just as the Spirit will bear witness, you will also bear witness. Again, implying implying the Holy Spirit is a person. He is saying that we, you and I, will bear witness. If we are to bear witness, which we all know we are to spread the Gospel, why would Jesus say that the Spirit will bear witness just as we are? He couldn't if the Holy Spirit didn't have the ability to speak to us. Third example. You doing alright? You guys are quiet today. Normally we're kind of preachy, kind of... In your face, but this is more theological. This is kind of fun. Terrence, you into this or no? You like okay. This is good. Okay. John sixteen, um, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because of the ruler of the world is judged. Verse twelve in bold. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Hold on. So the question is proposed, if I cannot bear them now, how will I be able to bear them later? How will I be able to hear them later? So someone has to come and teach me those things that I cannot bear now. If there's someone that's there who can't teach me those things, they cannot feel... What are those three things? They cannot think, feel, and decide for themselves. So if the Holy Spirit is supposed to come and teach me those things, if He's not a person, how is He going to speak to me? He's not. That's right. He has to be a person. Verse 13, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you. They, they didn't have GPS in the Bible. So it literally means He would come and speak to you and give you direction. It says He will guide you into all the truth and He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever He hears, He will speak. You have to be a person to hear and speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me. Alright, verse 13 and 14. We're going to get into some grammar here. Uh, I put them in bold. He will guide you. The he in Greek speaks to a masculine pronoun when you look at this text. Okay? The next phrase in bold. His own authority. Again, in Greek, speaks to a masculine pronoun. In the translation, he will glorify me. Speaks to what? A masculine pronoun. Why is that important? In language, there are gender specific phrasings and words. You have masculine, him, his, himself. You have feminine, her, hers, herself. And you have neuter, it, and itself. When you look at the translation of the Greek text, it comes back, and in all cases speaking of the Holy Spirit, it is speaking in a masculine pronoun, He, giving them the person of an actual person. If it ever said a single time, in the 800 times the Bible speaks of the word Spirit, never once does it refer to as the Spirit as a neuter. As an it or itself always refers to the Holy Spirit as a he do you refer to your car as a he why not it doesn't think feel or decide do you refer to the light as a he no you refer to it as an it that that light can't do this that light, it's never the he, yeah, he light that's a, that's a man light I mean, Matthew sometimes says, I want some man food, because that's my papa teaches him about man food. Don't eat salads, eat man food. Trying to get him to eat some. He doesn't like to eat. But like in the the actual language that we use, the he always comes when it's talking of the Holy Spirit, implying that there is a person. All right, driving home, the point. The Holy Spirit is, is a person. We're almost done with this part of it. Romans 8. Likewise the spirit helps him helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us If the spirit intercedes what is the spirit doing Speaking So again Does your pet rock speak? Why not? It's not a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Are you following me? All right, last verse we're going to look at for this one Ephesians 4 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Can you grieve electricity? Can, can you grieve? Can, can you make electricity sad? Can, can you grieve that brick column? Of course not. What can you grieve? A person. Ephesians 4 goes on and it says how you grieve the Holy Spirit, bad talking, anger, Stealing, corrupt talk, all those things. If the Holy Spirit was not a person, things of this nature would not grieve Him. He would not be grieved by wrongdoing. If it's just a thing, it has no feeling. So therefore, it cannot be grieved. In conclusion, when you look at these verses, and truly, this is just a tip. I just brought out just the tip of the iceberg here. We can easily see that Jesus is a person, because we, we've all read the Bible, that God is a person because He was made, made man in His image, so that it's easy to prove that He's a person. But most of the time, we don't think that the Holy Spirit is an actual person. We think of Him as a mystical character that just appears. When in reality, He's a person. And His name is Holy Spirit. So, if His name is Holy Spirit and He is a person, How is it that when we come into a church setting or we're driving down the road or whatever it is, we feel something? That is his attributes. What are the person of the Holy Spirit's attributes? This is where the rubber meets the road, all right? If the Holy Spirit is a person, that person must have attributes. The Bible is written in two languages primarily. The Old Testament in Hebrew is Rewak. Oh, hold on. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, New Testament, and Greek. The word Spirit in the Old Testament is a Hebrew word, Rewak, which means a wind or breath. Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over the water, a wind. Okay. The word spirit in the New Testament is a word pneuma, which means a current of air or breath. John 6, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. His breath gives life. So keep that in mind that there are six attributes of the Holy Spirit. Number one, He is eternal. He is without end. Hebrews 9.14, and through the eternal Spirit offered Himself. I put these ones in there because they're hard to spell. A second attribute is He is omnipresent. The presence of the Spirit is everywhere at the same time. Psalm says, I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and shoal, you are there. He is everywhere. We talked about this a few weeks ago. He is om, the. the The correct way of saying this is omniscient. Some people say omniscient. He knows everything. 1 Corinthians. So also, no one can comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit. The Holy Spirit even knows the thoughts of God. He knows everything. Number five, He is holy. He is removed from sin. Romans 1 4 says, according to the spirit of holiness. Number six, his sixth attribute is he is love. This is the highest form of approval and acceptance where he becomes our comforter. Romans 5.5, 5, because God's love is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The attributes of the Holy Spirit are what we are after. That's what we want here on earth. It's what we want in our church service. Zechariah 6.4 says, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. If we are to pursue God's presence, you and I can't stand in the presence of God Almighty. He has too much power. You must have the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a worship setting or place and you felt goosebumps or your hair in the back of your head stood up or you just sense something different, that's an attribute of the Holy Spirit. That is the presence of the Holy Spirit there. When we are pursuing God's presence, we are asking for the supernatural spirit to express in the natural what heaven contains for us. In other words, the reality of heaven is our reality on earth. We want to have a big experience with the Holy Spirit. But if we don't know who He is, how can we experience Him? If I didn't acknowledge my wife for who my wife is as a person, do you think I would experience my wife the way God intended why not? Because I don't treat her as a person. When I don't treat her as a person, I don't get the benefits of what the relationship of the person can offer. All right. <laughs> we doing all right? I know it's heavy. It's, it's a lot of scripture. It's mundane. But this is what happens when my wife leaves for a week. I do a lot of study and have fun. I mean, I, I eat this stuff up. I was every night going through. I was texting Terrence and what do you think about this? He putting him put on Facebook. I just I, I just I eat this stuff up. So all right. So what is the deity of the Holy Spirit? Uh, the deity means a state of being divine. Write that down. Or the character or nature of God. So we know the Holy Spirit is a person. We looked at what a person has to be in order to be a person. that be personal, distinct, and divine. And a person has to think, feel, and decide for itself. And then we looked at the attributes of the Holy Spirit. And now we look at the divinity of the Holy Spirit. And there's five lines of proof that the Holy Spirit is God. Number one, the Holy Spirit's attributes that we listed above. I don't know about you, but can you be everywhere at all times? Can, can, you can't even read my mind. Can you, can, can you read the mind of others? No. So. That's the first line of proof that the Holy Spirit is divine. The second line of proof is there's three distinctive divine works that the Holy Spirit does. Number one, write down creation. The Holy Spirit creates. Job 33, the Spirit of God has made me. And the breath, or another word for that, is Spirit of Almighty gives me life. Psalms 104, when you send forth your spirit, they are... So the Holy Spirit is involved in creation. Number two, uh, uh, the, the second distinctive divine work is the, the Holy Spirit prophesies, or write now prophecy. Second Samuel says, "The spirit of the Lord speaks to me. His word is on my tongue." Again, only a person can speak to you, right? So the Holy Spirit's a person, and He can prophesy because He can speak to you. And He goes on to say about what's to come with Israel. So He's prophesying what's to come. Number three is the impartation of life. The distinctive divine work is He has the impartation of the ability of God in your life. Romans 8 says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who came and put life back into the, into the body of Jesus. Genesis 2, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed in his nostrils, and the breath, or we read a while ago what the Spirit means, means breath of life. And the man became a living creature. The Holy Spirit breathed into the man and he became life. The Holy Spirit imparts into your body life. When your blood cells aren't functioning properly, the Holy Spirit imparts life. When your body's full of cancer and tumors, the Holy Spirit imparts life. Number three. This is one of the three and four, kind of the weaker of the arguments, but they're still accurate. The Holy Spirit and God are interchangeable in text. Um, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? For if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. What do we say the Holy Spirit was? Holy. So if you destroy the temple of God, that God's temple is, what are you destroying? God and Holy Spirit. Interchangeable. And I just did one verse because I ran out of space on my notes. I originally started with nine pages, and it got down to four. You guys are welcome. Normally, my sermons are six pages on here, and this one started out at 27. And so, I cut it down a lot for you guys. That's how much I love you all. Uh, uh, Number four, relationship and equality. Uh, The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. There is relationship between the... the, um, the names of who God is. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of Thee and Thee and Thee. Second Corinthians, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. There is the triune effect going on in both of these, signifying there is equality, there is relationship. I wouldn't say um, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and the love of Terrence and the fellowship of Kevin be with you. It didn't work. There's no equality. Those, those three beings cannot operate at the same level. They can't operate with the same functionality. So in order to be triune, you have to be able to operate within the same realm of functionality. So here it shows that all three of them have a relationship and they are equal to one another. Okay? We good? You guys aren't smiling as much today. Um, Then I saved the best for last because it's the easiest. to, To prove that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity... Um, and to prove that he's a person, the Holy Spirit, number five, is called God. (laughs) Great story in the Bible. So many truths out of this one. Acts 5. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your hearts to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourselves part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived, contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. He just said, you lied to the Holy Spirit, and then he said, you just lied to God. He was calling the Holy Spirit God. There are a lot more... Scriptures that we could look at, but I didn't want to do too much. You guys, all right? These are heavy, kind of wears you out, kind of get your brain tired a little bit. Um, But as a church, as a person here, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the ability of the Holy Spirit. If you were raised Baptist like my mom was, Methodist like my dad was, you didn't hear very much about the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't that they were wanting to deny Him, they just didn't understand Him. When the teacher calls on you, when you don't know the answer, it's just easier to look the other way than it is to say, I've got to acknowledge that there is a little bit of uncertainty about this, but there's enough biblical evidence to prove that He is a person, He is alive, He still moves today, and everything that we have is found, needed, and wrapped up in what the Holy Spirit has to offer. I hope my prayer is this is what happens to you because this is what happened to me. And I mentioned it a while ago. On Thursday, I was walking in our living room, just I had music going, I was Pacing back and forth, just praying. And I'm not, I don't want to sound weird when I say this, but there was a reality of the Holy Spirit in my prayer that I had never sensed before. I've always known the Holy Spirit was a person, I've always known the Holy Spirit was there, I've always known the Holy Spirit does great things. But let me be quite candid. Even growing up in the family that I did, I was around it all the time. But I, quite, I didn't quite fully understand it. And I've been studying this for several months and then it all just came together this week. And it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit needs the same amount of attention that you give to Jesus. He needs the same amount of attention that you get. There is a trinity triune personhood that needs acknowledgement, that needs uh, prayer, that needs attention. And if we only spend time with Jesus, you miss out on the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? Yes? Kind of, sort of? Maybe so? The Holy Spirit is the One who gives life. The Bible says, don't be lukewarm. Be on fire for God, my phrasing. The Holy Spirit is who makes us on fire. The Holy Spirit is the One who gives us the yearning to want to know God more. Whenever you you, uh, stray away from your relationship with God, it's the Holy Spirit that tries to bring you back. And if you don't acknowledge that, you keep going further and further away. So let me ask you this question. (laughs) If we became a church that was on fire, do you think people would come to watch you burn? So the question becomes, do you want the Holy Spirit? Do you want the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life? Do you want the Holy Spirit to be there, to guide you, to walk with you, to talk with you? It's the only way you can be on fire. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.